0: Welcome to On Boys, real talk about parenting, teaching, and reaching tomorrow's men. We're your co-hosts, Jennifer L.W. Fink of BuildingBoys.net and Janet Allison of BoysAlive.com.
1: Oh, Jen, I am so excited. We have the most amazing guest on our podcast today. Maggie, say hello to everybody.
2: Hello, everybody from Australia. So lovely to be able to sit and chat with some other boy champions who are equally as passionate as I am about changing the way we're raising our little boys.
1: Yay. So, this is Maggie Dent. Maggie is the boy champion of Australia. She is the mother of four wonderful grown sons and now a grandmother, too. And she has been advocating for healthy, common sense raising of children, especially boys, for decades. She's passionate, she's a whole lot of fun, and she's just written a book. So we have a lot to talk about today, Maggie. And let's just let it roll, it's going to be
2: a (laughs) blast. (laughs) Can I just jump in and say that, um, I have followed both of you for a number of times. It feels like, um, you know, there are others out there holding the flame. And um, anytime I get a little disillusioned, I I look to you beautiful women as well who hold just the same passion um, for change. And thank you. And this is going to be so much fun.
1: And what I really love and what I want our listeners to really recognize is, you know, they've heard Jen and I talk on and on and on about boys and the boy crisis and, It is not just happening in America. It is happening in Australia as well.
2: That's exactly right. And we have those figures now that will support, you know, basically the Western world, let's be honest, it's the Western world that we've got the greatest crisis. And I think, you know, the more we go into a technological digital world as well, we're going to, we're now finding we're having even more concerns for a whole lot of reasons. That's your world and our world and, and anywhere in the Western world because that's the new norm. But there are some serious concerns we have around raising, um, you know, particularly young lads, um, in a world they much prefer to be uh, gaming um, than playing with real children in a real world, learning real lessons about life.
0: You have been parenting boys and talking about boys for a long time. So how have you seen things change from when you were raising your own sons till now? Certainly many of the concerns are the same, but there are some, some others that parents today are dealing with that I'm sure hadn't even crossed your mind when your oldest was a, was a young one.
2: Yes. And I think, um, and I also taught for 16 or 17 years in high school and then counselled for full time. So I've been listening to those, the troubled boys for a very long time. And you know, they turn up statistically more often with learning difficulties and, and, and challenges at school. But what I figured really early was they, the world was really quite nasty towards boys in a way, because the old male code was very, very present with my lads. My lads are now 29 to 37. Oh my goodness. And I can still remember that I was this unusual teacher who refused to be cruel and to shame them and to, um, you know, I, what my job was, was to hold a space to work out what was driving the anger that might have been in my classroom. I already had a different way of seeing them. I also, I was raised on a farm in the Wheatbelt in Western Australia, which is the opposite side to Sydney. My mum and I had a very difficult relationship. So I spent my childhood with my dad, who was not the old code dad and 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 several brothers and so I had an immersion in the male way of navigating the world, even communicating. So I took that into my classrooms and my counselling rooms and um, also having a difficult relationship with my mum who was very much a shamer and a hitter and a shouter and a criticiser. I decided that didn't work for me. So um, that's really the biggest first big shift is we're unplugging that male code of be tough don 't you know boys need to toughen up, and really, in my counseling rooms, the boys who t- attempted to take their life had been deeply shamed before they were five or six, deeply shamed for who they were, regardless if they were alpha males or sensitive boys and that 's the first big shift, I think is we 're a little bit confused at both as mums and dads on how to raise them in a world that 's moving. Because these conditionings can come out of our mouth and we're not bad people. It's it's being conditioned. The -hmm. second thing is, oh my goodness, the benchmark testing that we did with education, which has um, pushed formalised learning down earlier and earlier, um, when our little boys are quite often developmentally not quite ready for it. Um, That is just one of the biggest crimes we've created to our boys in the Western world. There's no question. And then on top of that, then we have little boys go into formalised learning hating school, hating learning, and also um, finding people not really, and like punishing them for not being able to complete work that they're developmentally unable to do. Okay, and then on top of that is the demise of play. So what we know that how boys learn, well how boys and girls learn how to get along with other children and to navigate those, you know, interesting dynamics of whose turn it is, and do I want to share, and I want to win, and Um, That took hours and hours and hours of real play with real humans or the odd dog or two. Um, (laughs) And, and of course, that hasn't happened. We've made parents so frightened that you cannot have your children outside because, seriously, it's too unsafe a world. So, therefore, we've we've taken away. And also, we don't have as many children. So, Uh you don't have a built-in large family with a large family of cousins that you hang out with. So we've lost that opportunity as well for children to learn those, what I call the play code that, you know, Stuart Brown talks about very much. Boys are being raised without any play code. They don't know when to walk away and that increases violence later. And also alienation and and marginalisation if they can't create friendships. Loneliness is a massive driver in Australia of our suicide rate over 44. Uh, because girls are naturally more likely to create the social glue because of all sorts of biological differences. So I think um, the more we focused on um, academics in our school, the more we shrunk playtime and lunchtime, the more we took away the importance of playing together, and the more we took away movement, which are all ways that help boys to manage that dopamine in their bodies. Um, So I think that's just on top of it. And then on top of that, the perception that the world is full of toxic masculinity, which, in actual fact, it's not. But that you know, through the media and through films, how many violent films? Mm-hmm. I do remember um, only a few years ago when we still had a thing called a video shop. I went to choose one, and I walked out horrified at the choices that I could take home to watch with my good bloke. Um, and I thought, well, wow, we're marinating them in violence. We're marinating um, them in a world. That isn't about having fun, um, being kind, or you know, sharing fun things together. And so that's where I feel all of these things, when you put them into a pot, um, have created this unique dynamic, which is why you know I, I really believed we need to be those massive advocates. But I really wanted to go and work with mummies because one of the key aspects is, of course, poor attachment or a, um, not a healthy attachment in the first few years of life really can detrimentally affect every child. And I wanted to make sure our boys, um, we focus on that because we now can show that they're actually way more sensitive. So I hope I've captured that in a little bit. It's almost as if over the last 30
0: years, most of the changes we have made in society and schools and parenting have been to the detriment of boys, the exact opposite of what boys need to thrive.
2: You are absolutely right. And freedom is one of those big ones, isn't it? That's yes. A thing, I can still remember my boys walked to school. Um, we lived in a large country town with, a, you know, an ocean, and in high school, so that's when they're thirteen to seventeen. They could go via the beach and have a swim on the way home, whereas now, you know, that's just like, that's not okay. And I think the freedom aspect is difficult for us. And remember, we want to hold them close out of love.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's
2: not out of malice and it's not out of anything negative, which is why it is so confusing, is how much is 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 okay and loving and how much am I now withholding something that's very powerful in boys and that's to be able to navigate the world without being held onto too much.
1: And that's the moms holding on in fear. Do I let him climb the tree? And I always tell moms, check in with the men around you and they will tell you, yes, let him climb the tree. So I know in your book, you're addressing this way that moms
2: have to be with their boys. Yeah. Well, I think the big one was when I started running my Boys, Boys, Boys seminars, I thought I was running them for the dads who'd had a really difficult dad. So if you've had a tough dad, and you want to be a different dad. There's not a template in your memory bank for that. So I wanted to give them some clues. And and guys are really practical and pragmatic. So I love that. Then I realised I was doing it for the mums who would never had a brother, mm-hmm. so they'd never had any experience with what was he thinking? No, he mm-hmm. wasn't. Um, yes. Why that need to suddenly run at hundred miles an hour in the middle of the shopping mall? Um, all of those things. And then what happened? And I think it's the same with the book, because I actually had the survey of 1,600 men was what really did make a difference, um, what was positive and what did they wish their mums hadn't done. And so that I can give that to you as a new mum of a baby boy who looks at it going, oh, my gosh, <laughs> what do I do now? Um, because even though all little ones need the same sorts of things, we know that there's some significant differences, even though gender is more alike than different. Did you notice, both of you, how things changed for a while, politically incorrect to talk about any difference with gender? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, that's, oh, stop pulling the gender card. Now, I used to get that quite often on my page. I don't now. Uh, and I think that's the place, because I was actually very much like a alpha male, just I didn't have a penis. So, you know, I, my little brother was a, a very tender, gentle soul. And so I was this, you know, go get it, you know, win at all costs and highly energetic. And so I could sort of see through that lens. I also realised um, I, st- I wasn't completely a boy for all sorts of obvious reasons, but it was great for me as a high school teacher because I run out of energy when things get boring. I need movement. Oh. So I automatically put movement into my classrooms with brain breaks well ahead of before it even got spoken about because I was managing my own lack of dopamine in that moment. I had to lighten up and laugh more because I'd run out of good chemicals. Then I realised Wow, the boys do really well in my classes with all this movement. Mm -hmm. The girls did not go backwards either. And that was the big thing. The brain actually really loves a bit of movement and novelty. It, It gets bored as bat poo when we keep on creating curriculums that aren't engaging and relevant. And we've taken the fun, haven't we, out of learning? And I think we've taken it a little bit out of parenting. So apparently, that's what some of the parents tell me that they go back home and laugh a lot more with their children after my seminars because it helps everybody in our stress world um, enjoy this crazy, crazy ride we call parenting.
1: Right. We're supposed to enjoy it. It's supposed to be fun. So stepping away from the stress and that involves letting your kids put screws through bike tires so they can (laughs) would be mine currently
2: doing that. (laughs) Done that one. One of the funniest ones I I share sometimes, my my four boys sort of aged about five to about 13, decided to build a bear pit in the um, block of land that was vacant next to our house. And, you know, there's a part of us as women that want to tell them there are no bears because there's none in Australia, just FYI. But you know what, if you're a mum of boys, you go, wow, yeah, see how that goes, you know, because that project was this all-consuming bonding experience where they worked so hard and got blisters and, oh, my goodness, every day they were just racing out. I just had to take food out to sustain them, you know, like they were on this. And then when it was built, you know, and the top was on and they were so proud of it, that was it. They forgot about it. How often do we want to rationalise that that's a really big waste of time? But what was really funny is like wind the clock forward many, many years when they're all old enough um, to go to the nightclub in the the town and, and drink alcohol they chose to walk home, which is a sign of great responsibility. I took a shortcut and they actually fell in their own bear pit. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so they dragged me out next morning like you wouldn't believe the joy that the bear pit worked like 15 years later. <gasps> On themselves. And that's the magic of allowing our boys this this freedom to express themselves <laughs> in ways that we want to scratch our head going, but you could be doing useful things. Like you out. have.
0: A line in your book that so jumped out to me of moms, be careful not to shatter your boy's dreams or fantastic plans with your words. Yeah. And just as you shared with that bear pit story, I have seen things like that happen in my home with my family. And I just thank my lucky stars for the times that I was smart enough to hold my tongue. My oldest son is now 21. He is extremely entrepreneurial, always has been. And it started when he was four and he came in and he told me he was going to sell dandelions, which are these beautiful yellow flowers that are weeds. He was so cute and he was so sincere that I really didn't have the heart to say, (laughs) but how do you pay to get rid of those? This episode is sponsored by By Heart babies need to eat. And whether you breastfeed or bottle feed, use formula, combine all of the above, you need options. We wanted to let you know about Biheart Baby Formula. Byheart has a patented protein blend that gets the closest to breast milk. It includes two of the most abundant proteins in breast milk, and Byheart actually ran a clinical trial comparing their formula to a leading infant formula three-month supply of Easy Melts Vitamin D3 with your first purchase. To claim your free D3, visit try.easymelts.com slash onboys. That's try, T-R-Y, dot m e l t s E-Z-M-E-L-T-S, dot com forward slash onboys. And I didn't. Because he'd already, he was already making a sign. He was clearly very engaged. And somehow, by some luck, I had learned that if your boys are deeply engaged in something, no matter how ridiculous it looks to you, they're getting something out of it. It is fulfilling
2: a deep need for them. And that entrepreneur could also end up in the finance world. So my entrepreneur... Who now works in a massive investment company doing international trading? He said it's far too complex for me to understand because I'm not clever enough. Um, Similar thing. He, um, I saw him walking down the passageway in our house. He was about eight and a half with a bag of lollies. And he'd been to the local deli. And I said, I don't give them lollies for money for lollies because that's not really a good idea with the boy. And I said, Babe, where'd you get that? And he said, Oh, Mum, I had this great idea. So I thought that if I cut some of your flowers. And I um, jumped over the neighbour's fence and cut some of theirs, wrapped them up and I knocked on and I sold them their flowers and I've made money. So I've gone to the shop and I've bought lollies and I'm looking at it going, oh. And I could see all those things saying, okay, so now I need you to share those because that's a great business idea. And then I went next to the next three houses and knocked on the door and apologised and they said, we recognised our way. Actually, we saw him climb the fence, but we thought it was so sweet, Maggie, that... We, well, he's yeah. And can you see again, I could just simply go right into punitive punishment, what you were stealing, you were this, you were that. But at the end of the day, there was very rarely, and this is the big takeaway for those out there who've got little boys, very rarely an intention to do harm yeah. and to be bad. Yes. You know, that whole perception that there's an inevitability to boys' behaviour being bad is just the biggest fallacy out there that we must pull apart. They just don't think things through to that level, and it's just not the inherent nastiness or you know, um, you know, lack of um, compassion or moral compass. In actual fact, they very, very rarely ever intend to hurt anyone else or themselves, but they seem to manage it.
0: You had another line that I wrote down, it captures the same thing. It's helpful to explore why there's often a mismatch between what a mom thinks has happened. And what a boy (laughs) thinks has happened. And that's so true for teachers also. There's the situation as we look at it as adults and we think we know the story. But when you look
2: at it from the boy's
0: perspective, it's often a very different story.
2: Oh, look, it is so different. And also the other thing we want to do, if there's a moment, right? that there's a conflict maybe between siblings and a boy's hit hit his sister over something. That will nine times out of 10 be frustration. A, he can't be heard and she uses too many words or she's still working out rules for the game. Now, in the heat of the moment, what we know is that the women's limbic brain lights up and then our word centre lights up. So we immediately leap into um, a boy and a man, the limbic brain, and then it goes into the body and then while it's in the body, it then is kind of coming back upwards, working out how do I, what's the solution? How do I fix this? And how often do we get frustrated if you have a male partner when he's trying to fix something and you're just venting about?
0: You're yeah, like, <laughs>
2: just know. listen to me. Just listen. Yes. Um, and when we get to understand that, and that's why I keep saying, when your boys muck up, um, once again, keep the three simplest rules in your mind. Try not to hurt yourself, try not to hurt anyone else, try not to damage the world around you. And when you muck up, then we'll, we'll explore it, but not in the heat of the moment. We have to allow those words to come back down from the body. And I often suggest 24 hours is a great time frame. And remember that boys and men have that external and the need for external experiences to work out, have I done good and am I okay? So their self-worth is linked to experience, whereas we often do ours internally. So when a boy has mucked up, He's already beating himself up. He already doesn't feel good within him. He's not sure why yet. And in 24 hours, he can often work out that, yeah, I hurt my sister. Um, but what I often say is that, um, you know, that that whole processing of you're not a bad boy. It was a poor choice. And this is the shift in language from, we just explain, you're always doing that. And so many, you know, mums say, oh my gosh, I know on him so often, he never gets a yes. Well, at the end of the day, not only is that not guiding him how to make a better choice, so if he wants to, he's jumping up and down on your couch, you want Mm -hmm. him to stop, you might say, wow, I see you need to jump right now. Remember, we do jumping outside and jump with him all the way outside, you know, so he's got, okay, so jumping's what I need to do right now if you don't want me on the couch. Mind you, uh, we had a couch that you could, I just never replaced it till I left home. Gosh, it was a good one. And then over the top of that, I think, um, it's really hard for us because it's obvious to females why that's wrong. It is so mm-hmm. obvious. Mm-hmm. And in the, it's not obvious to, our, to a lot of little boys. They've got that impulsivity that's driven once again, you know, by a need to create some feel-good energy in the body. And so often um, they feel desperately unloved when mum keeps knowing on them. And the unloved bit is like sticking a, a knife in their heart yeah. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I know it's really hard, but they—they they don't miss all the non-verbals, the eye rolling and the, mm-hmm. the sigh that we do sometimes. Like oh, I told you yesterday, like to a little boy, that's not just a message about my behaviour. That's a message that I'm not enough, and you can't love me. Mm-hmm. And that really is a is a huge one for us to understand because they are so much more sensitive to our rebuffs and our kind of way that we discipline. So that's why. A simple thing is just to, when they've done something wrong, kneel beside them and rub their back gently or their arm, and just say, "I know you didn't mean to hit your sister, and it's it's okay. We just know that's not okay. It's one of our rules." But I'd stroke them, or I'd or I'd hold them near, because then I'm not that they're, they're getting that message that she's still loving me while I'm while I've mucked up,
0: mm-hmm. and it is
2: that message underneath it. them. Um, and I share in the book that story of the the boy who was 14 who almost completed a suicide. <clears throat> and when I worked with him afterwards, his mum had frozen him out. She didn't like his report card, and which is a female technique. We, we do it. We're really annoyed. We're still sitting on it for days, aren't we? Um, but he's a boy and he thought his mother had stopped loving him. And after five days, he, he just decided he didn't want to live in a world where his mother couldn't love him. And as a fourteen-year-old, he took steps to complete a suicide. Oh. And that's why that fragility of boys starts very early, yeah. and then it peaks very much in the window when they're a little bit revolting, you know. So that's a, <laughs> a challenge. And you know what I'm talking about, there, don't you? Mm-hmm. You know, that when, they, when they do become monosyllabic and even more forgetful and more disorganized and and, and can't answer, yeah, you know, all of that yes. is an incredibly fragile window that if we can't hold that space and help them work out that this is part of the adolescent journey they didn't ask for those changes that that's where compassion and love and i think you know you know i called the book mothering our boys and the reason was as a high school teacher you know i took those lads aside sometimes and i gave them you know ones who didn't have any food i gave them food i gave them hope you know i rubbed their back sometimes when no one was looking and You know, as they've come back in life in their 30s, come back and, you know, they've shared how powerful that was for them. I've realised we can't just rely on your biological mother or whoever is filling that role, that all of us women need to create that more loving presence in our boys' lives because they are so hard on themselves. They give... And when they feel unloved, then we're, we're really triggering a sense of what's the point. It doesn't matter. And that's where the rage will come out in all sorts of other ways.
1: We hope you've enjoyed this episode with Maggie Dent, Australia's boy champion. Stay tuned. Next week, we'll be back with you for part two. We have an amazing conversation coming your way to continue on the topics that we talked about today, and we will be talking about so much more. So we hope you can join us. Look for new episodes every Thursday at onboyspodcast.com, put a hyphen between each word and you'll find us there. Episodes on topics from grief to anxiety and depression, school readiness, so many great wise people to share information with you. You can find Jennifer at buildingboys.net and Janet Allison at boysalive.com
2: tune in next
1: week. Boys
0: and anger is a topic we are hearing lots about. We want you to know you are not alone. You can go to boysalive.com backslash anger and receive a free audio download to help you understand the complexities of your son's anger also includes tips and strategies for how you can help him cope with this big emotion. Thanks for joining us. We are Jennifer L.W. Fink and Janet Allison, and we are here to support you in parenting and teaching tomorrow's men.